Well, it is, in fact, Christmas week. In just three days, it will be Christmas Day. And as a church, we we have tried to be very purposeful over these past Sundays about directing our minds and directing our hearts to Jesus to make sure that we're celebrating Christmas rightly and fully. And so we've been doing this series on Sunday mornings called The Earliest Whisperings of a Coming One, and we've called it The Earliest Whisperings because all of these whispers are from the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We began, remember, hearing that first whisper, that earliest whisper from Genesis chapter 3 of a coming one, a male child born of the woman who would crush Satan's head. And then we heard another whisper of the coming one from later in Genesis chapter 49, telling us that he would be a king, a warrior king, like a lion from the tribe of Judah. And then last week, we heard this whisper, a little different from Exodus chapter 12, as we considered together the Passover. It was the whisper of a saving substitute, the Lamb of God. And we come now this morning to the last entry in this series, the last of these earliest whispers, and it's from the book of Deuteronomy. So will you please turn with me this morning in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy chapter 18. Now, before we look there at that passage, let me take you back. Actually, I'm going to take you forward from the time of Deuteronomy chapter 18 to the time just before Jesus began his public ministry. There was a guy by the name of John the Baptist, John the Baptizer. I mentioned him last week. He was the one who, remember, pointed to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God God had sent him just a little bit ahead of Jesus to be a prophet and to proclaim the way for Jesus, to prepare the way for Jesus, to announce to people that the promised one was here. So John the Baptist spoke God's word. He announced what God had told him to announce. He preached, just like the Old Testament prophets, telling the people to repent, to turn from their sins, and turn to God to obey God. But most importantly, John the Baptist was telling them the promised Savior was not just coming, he was here. And he made quite an impression. Everybody in Jerusalem and in all of the surrounding countryside knew about John the Baptist, and the religious leaders, they didn't like what was happening. They did not like the fact that people were going out to see him, and they didn't like what John was saying. So they went out to where John was, and they started to question him. Listen, this is from the Gospel of John chapter 1. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Now listen to this. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. 
Apparently, they had been expecting someone. They were expecting someone, some special prophet, the prophet. And they wondered and they asked John, is that who you are? The prophet. And he said, no. In fact, he went on. He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. So he says, no, it's not me. But after me is someone who very well might be the one you're thinking about. And that's not the only time that that happened. Later in John's gospel, Jesus performs this this amazing miracle. He takes, remember this, children? takes five little loaves and two fish, and he proceeds out of that to feed 5,000 people, like 10 times more people than are here in this room. And after they've all eaten, Jesus tells his disciples to go out among the crowd and to gather up the leftovers, and they came back with 12 baskets full of leftovers. And here's what John says. When the people saw the miracle that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. What are they talking about? The prophet. And just a chapter later in John chapter 7, Jesus, he stands up in Jerusalem. He's in the temple. It's one of the major celebration days of the year. And and he stands up in front of this crowd And he says to them, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, and he'll have living water. It will never run out. And then John says this, when they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. So the question that you ask when you hear that, when you hear the the religious leaders ask John the Baptist, are you the prophet? And when you hear people say, this really is the prophet, the question is, what are they talking about? Where did this idea of a prophet, a very special, unique prophet, such that they could call him the prophet, where did that come from? Well, let me now show you. There was an early whisper about this in Deuteronomy chapter 18, You follow along as I read, starting at verse 15. The Lord, this is Moses speaking, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore lest I die, And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. And I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. 
And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You need not be afraid of him. So the people of Israel, they're standing right on the brink of the promised land. They've been wandering out in the wilderness for 40 years. They are about to enter into the land that God promised to give to them. But before they go in, God is now speaking to them. He's reminding them of some things through Moses. God is speaking, telling them what he wanted them to know. So Moses is reminding them of the commandments of God. Moses is warning them against worshiping any other gods, any false gods, any idols. He's instructing them about right worship about the Passover, about other special days that they were to observe. And then he very specifically tells them, you are not to be involved at all in sorcery or fortune-telling or consulting a medium. Look back at verses 13 and 14, just before the passage I read. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For these nations which you are about to dispossess, listen to fortune tellers and to diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. And then we read, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. God's people were to be led in a manner completely different from the way of these other nations. Here was the true, the right, the faithful way God's people were to be guided. Someone would come and speak God's word. Look at verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So here is this whisper. It's a pretty clear whisper. It's early, so the people... They would not have been able to grasp all that God was meaning here, but the main thing that God is saying through Moses is very clear. There is someone coming, a prophet, someone who will speak completely faithfully for God. And so the people were looking for him. All through the generations, all the way up to the time of Jesus, they were looking for this prophet. So here's what I want us to do this morning. Let's just very quickly notice a few things from here in Deuteronomy chapter 18. And then let's look at Jesus and see if he actually fits the description. Let's first make sure that we understand what's happening here with our minds. And then after we see this connection between this whisper of a prophet and Jesus... I want us to make sure we understand with our hearts as well. How should we respond if this is really Jesus? So let's briefly just notice four things about this person being described in Deuteronomy 18. First, let's not miss the obvious. He's going to be a prophet. Verse 15, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me. And remember what a prophet is? A prophet is one who speaks for God. Verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I 
command him. That's the basic definition of a prophet, a true and faithful prophet. He speaks what God says. That's why so often, whenever a prophet is about to speak, the very first thing he says is, thus says the Lord. What I'm about to say is what God wants you to hear, what God wants to say. When God wants his people to know something, especially something really important, he will raise up a prophet and send that prophet to tell his people what he wants them to know. That's the first thing to notice here. Second, notice Moses says the prophet will, verse 15, he will be like me from among you, from, from your brothers. He says it again in verse 18, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. He's not going to be an angel. He's going to be real flesh and blood, human being. And he's not going to be a foreigner. He's going to be an Israelite from among you. That's the second thing to notice. Third, this one's really interesting. Look at verse 16. Just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire anymore lest I die. Moses is talking about what happened when they were all there at Mount Sinai. Horeb is just another name for Mount Sinai and they were all gathered there where God was going to give to Moses the Ten Commandments. Moses was going to go up on the mountain. Before he went up, all of the people were gathered there at the base of the mountain and they, they looked up at the top of the mountain and there was, there was just the thunder and the lightning, this, this unnatural and overwhelming storm where God was. And the people were afraid. Listen to this. Now when all of the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and they stood afar off and they said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. I mean, they understood. They knew that if the fire of God's perfect holiness came down on them, were in fact to descend on them, they would all be consumed. They knew that. Look at verse 17 of Deuteronomy 18. The Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. In fact, they spoke truer than they realized. God is holy. Our God is a consuming fire. And yet, think about this. Moses had already had an experience of meeting God in fire at the burning bush out in the desert. But remember, a very important detail of that story is that the bush was not consumed. Friends, there is a way to meet with God without being consumed. How? Well, you need a mediator. Verse 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command them. So that's the third thing to notice about this prophet. He's a mediator between God and the people. Now fourth, notice that this prophet speaks with absolute authority. In fact, with all of the authority of God himself. Look with me at verse 19. And whoever will not listen to my words, that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it 
of him. God is saying, if anyone disregards this prophet, he is disregarding me. And that person will therefore face judgment from me, the consuming fire. To spurn this prophet is to spurn God. And whoever does that will have to answer to God himself. So, that's the description of this coming one. He will be a prophet. He will speak faithfully for God. He will be a fellow Israelite from among the people. He will be a mediator between God and man, and he will speak with all the authority of God himself. That's what this whisper about the coming one is saying here in Deuteronomy 18. And I'm saying, it's a whisper of Jesus. And that's not just an idea that I came up with. It becomes ever so clear when Jesus comes. It becomes ever so clear when we look into the New Testament that Deuteronomy 18 is whispering Jesus. It's a finger pointing forward to Jesus. So let's see if it matches. Remember the first thing. He'll be a prophet. Speaking for God. Listen to this. This is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He's spoken to us by his son. So it should be no surprise to us that John opens his gospel and describes Jesus as the word. In the beginning was the word. And the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it should be no surprise that when Jesus starts his ministry, and everybody is is clamoring for Jesus to heal them, or Jesus to heal their friend or their family member, and Jesus says to his disciples, "Let's, let's get away from here, let's go to another town so that I can speak there. Because that is why I came. It's not that I'm unwilling to heal people, but the really important thing that God has sent me for is to say something. He has sent me to preach the good news. And so it should come as no surprise that when he does preach and when he does teach, people are amazed at his words. Nobody ever spoke like this man. People are changed by his words, he speaks with authority, commanding evil spirits to come out of people, and, and they come out. People are saved by his words. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So Jesus meets the first description. He is a prophet faithfully speaking God's word. Second, well, was he from among the people? Yes, he was. He was, as the Apostle Paul tells us, born of a woman, fully human. And he was from the people of Israel. In fact, he was from the tribe of Judah. In fact, he was from the house and lineage of David. He was, without question, from among his brothers and sisters. So Jesus meets the second description. Third, is he a mediator? This one's really important. I mean, he's got to meet this one. 
Not just to fit the description, but if he doesn't meet this one, we are all hopelessly under God's just judgment. Well, if ever there was one to meet this description, it's Jesus. Listen to this wonderful, very clear, very simple, but wonderful statement. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all. He is the one who stands between God and man and brings us together. He brings to us everything God has for us. And he allows us to be in the presence of a holy God without being consumed. The book of Hebrews loves to talk about this. The author of Hebrews says at one point, you know, Moses was great. In fact, Moses was incredible. Jesus is greater. Moses was faithful as a servant over God's house. Jesus is faithful as a son over God's house. Moses mediated the old covenant. Jesus is the mediator of a new and better covenant. Listen to this. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. It's Hebrews chapter 9, verse 15. So Jesus meets and in fact hugely improves on the third description. Then fourth, this description of absolute authority. Just listen to this. These words will be, I'm assuming, somewhat familiar. But listen to the authority of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Those who receive and believe what he says are rescued. And those who don't remain condemned, he has absolute authority. He has the power of life and death. Friends, Jesus meets the description of this prophet all the way down, and nobody else does. There were, of course, other prophets that God had sent, but none like this. Jesus is the prophet. Jesus is this prophet. In fact, in the book of Acts, chapter 3, Peter stands up and he's preaching to those who are gathered there in Jerusalem and he comes right out and he says, Jesus is the one Moses was talking about in Deuteronomy chapter 18. All right. That, I hope, is a good understanding for our minds. What Deuteronomy is saying, what it's whispering. But let's make sure we understand this rightly in our hearts. What is God trying to say to our hearts by whispering about Jesus being a prophet, the prophet? Well, it's right there at the end of verse 15. Children, on your sheets, you'll see this verse. 
with some blanks to fill in, and probably the most important word that you fill in is the word I want to call your attention to right now. Verse 15. What does it say? The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall, here it is, listen. We must listen to him and hear what he says. It's the very same thing that God said when Jesus went up on the mountain. Remember there was one point where Jesus took three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, just like Moses had taken three of his colleagues and went up on the mountain. And up on the mountain, Jesus was changed. He was transfigured. His, his face was like the sun, glowing, just like Moses' face, except Moses' face was glowing because it was a reflection. Jesus was like the sun. And while they're up on the mountain... The disciples now very aware, given what they've seen of who Jesus is, they hear this voice, and it's God's voice speaking, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And do you remember what he said next? Listen to him. These words taken right out of Deuteronomy chapter 18. God is saying, I'm I'm sending him with something really important that I want you to hear and believe. I'm sending him with the word of salvation. I'm sending him with news of joy and hope and peace so that you can have joy and hope and peace and and the life that is truly life. So listen to him and believe him when he says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen to him when he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen to him when he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes in me will have eternal life. Jesus is speaking God's word of salvation to us. And the most important thing that we can do is listen and believe. You know, there was a day after Jesus rose from the dead, uh, two of his disciples are walking along a road here, and Jesus actually catches up with them and starts walking alongside of them, but somehow he keeps from them his identity. They don't know it's him. And he overheard them talking while he was catching up to them, and so he says to them, so what were you talking about? And here's what they said. Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? What, what things? What are you talking about? And they said to him about Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem 
They knew that Jesus was a faithful prophet. They had hoped he was going to be the Redeemer. But he wasn't just a faithful prophet. He was, in fact, the prophet. I mean, think of this. The one standing there with them, his resurrection glory, his resurrection triumph for the moment veiled. He was the prophet who was, in fact, also the redeemer, the conqueror, the Satan crusher, the great warrior king, the bringer of salvation. Listen to him. Believe in him. He brings God's word of salvation to all who hear and believe. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for sending your Son. We celebrate him. We honor him. We worship him this Christmas as we do throughout the year. But Father, this time of year with a special emphasis on his coming to rescue, his coming to fulfill all of these promises, we worship Jesus. And so, Lord, we recognize this morning he's come to speak a word of salvation. And Lord, I pray that our hearts, the heart of every person, from the youngest person in this room to the oldest, that our hearts would in fact receive and believe. In Jesus' name, amen.